Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. The first thing you're going to hear Paul say today is, essentially, I don't need letters of recommendation written on hearts of stone or on paper because I've got them written on your hearts of flesh. Hey, hopeful. Welcome to episode 1942 of our journey together through the Bible. Glad you're on the journey, reading through every word of God's revelation of himself and considering our own life and work stories in light of that, including if you haven't been catching the Always Be Ready segments, I hope that you do. Because the question of what did Jesus say about artificial intelligence has a lot to do with the hearts of flesh stuff I was just talking about. And you'll just have to listen there for the rest of the story. So turning to our New Testament segment today, 2 Corinthians 3 is a key chapter, as Warren Wiersbe puts it, because it shows the relationship between the Old Testament message of law and the New Testament ministry of the gospel of God's grace. It seems that the Jewish faction at Corinth was saying that Paul was not a true apostle because he didn't have letters of commendation from the church at Jerusalem. Well, apparently some teachers had arrived at Corinth with such letters, and this lack of credentials seemed to discredit Paul. The apostle used this accusation as an opportunity to contrast the gospel of grace with the law of Moses. 2 Corinthians 3. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are Christ's letter, delivered by us, not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence we have through Christ before God. It is not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. He has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now if the ministry that brought death, chiseled in letters on stones, came with glory so that the Israelites were not able to gaze steadily at Moses' face because of its glory, which was set aside, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry that brought condemnation had glory, the ministry that brings righteousness overflows with even more glory. In fact, what had been glorious is not glorious now by comparison because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was set aside was glorious, what endures will be even more glorious. Since then we have such a hope, we act with great boldness. We are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from gazing steadily until the end of the glory of what was being set aside. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, 
the same veil remains. It is not lifted because it is set aside only in Christ. Yet still today, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. And that is 2 Corinthians 3. So, what do letters written on hearts look like? Well, life, not death. Lasting glory, not fading glory. Liberty, not bondage. Which is what God wants for you, and it's what he wanted for the Israelites, too, all along. One little side of God's heart that we will see today is in what is the first of the oracles that are in the book of Isaiah. Chapters 13 to 23, we're not going to read all of today. Uh, Isaiah announces God's judgment on 10 different Gentile peoples, as well as his own people in Judah and Israel. Now, in Israel's day, the Babylonians uh, were struggling with the Assyrians for the control of Mesopotamia, and they sought an alliance with Judah. But the prophet knew that the Babylonians would eventually become the enemies of his people and take them away into exile. And here he proclaimed judgment against Judah's future oppressor. Isaiah, picking up in chapter 13. A pronouncement concerning Babylon that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw. Lift up a banner on a barren mountain. Call out to them. Signal with your hand, and they will go through the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my consecrated ones. Yes, I have called my warriors who celebrate my triumph to execute my wrath. Listen, a commotion on the mountains like that of a mighty people. Listen, an uproar among the kingdoms like nations being gathered together. The Lord of armies is mobilizing an army for war. They are coming from a distant land, from the farthest horizon, the Lord and the weapons of his wrath to destroy the whole country. Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, everyone's hands will become weak and every man will lose heart. They will be horrified. Pain and agony will seize them. They will be in anguish like a woman in labor. They will look at each other, their faces flushed with fear. Look, the day of the Lord is coming, cruel, with fury and burning anger, to make the earth a desolation and to destroy its sinners. Indeed, the stars of the sky and its constellations will not give their light. The sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will not shine. I will punish the world for its evil and wicked people for their iniquities. I will put an end to the pride of the arrogant and humiliate the insolence of tyrants. I will make a human more scarce than fine gold, and mankind more rare than the gold of Ophir. Therefore I will make the heavens tremble, and the earth will shake from its foundations at the wrath of the Lord of armies on the day of his burning anger. Like wandering gazelles and like sheep without a shepherd, 
Each one will turn to his own people. Each one will flee to his own land. Whoever is found will be stabbed, and whoever is caught will die by the sword. Their children will be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses will be looted, and their wives raped. Look, I am stirring up the Medes against them, who cannot be bought off with silver, who have no desire for gold. Their bows will cut young men to pieces. They will have no compassion on offspring. They will not look with pity on children. And Babylon... The jewel of the kingdoms, the glory of the pride of the Chaldeans, will be like Sodom and Gomorrah when God overthrew them. It will never be inhabited or lived in from generation to generation. A nomad will not pitch his tent there, and shepherds will not let their flocks rest there. But desert creatures will lie down there, and owls will fill the houses. Ostriches will dwell there, and wild goats will leap about. Hyenas will howl in the fortresses and jackals in the luxurious palaces. Babylon's time is almost up. Her days are almost over. Chapter 14 Israel's Return For the Lord will have compassion on Jacob and will choose Israel again. He will settle them on their own land. The resident alien will join them and be united with the house of Jacob. The nations will escort Israel and bring it to its homeland. Then the house of Israel will possess them as male and female slaves in the Lord's land. They will make captives of their captors and will rule over their oppressors. Next section, Downfall of the King of Babylon. When the Lord gives you rest from your pain, torment, and the hard labor you were forced to do, You will sing this song of contempt about the king of Babylon and say, How the oppressor has quieted down and how the raging has become quiet. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of the rulers. It struck the peoples in anger with unceasing blows. It subdued the nations in rage with relentless persecution. The whole earth is calm and at rest. People shout with a ringing cry. Even the cypresses and cedars of Lebanon rejoice over you, and they will sing. Since you have been laid low, no lumberjack has come against us. Sheol below is eager to greet your coming, stirring up the spirits of the departed for you, all the rulers of the earth, making all the kings of the nations rise from their thrones. They all respond to you saying, You too have become as weak as we are. You have become like us. Your splendor has been brought down to Sheol along with the music of your harps. Maggots are spread out over you and worms cover you. Shining morning star, how you have fallen from the heavens. You destroyer of nations, you have been cut to the ground. You said to yourself, I will ascend to the heavens. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the God's assembly in the remotest parts of the north. I will ascend above the highest clouds. I'll make myself like the most high. But you will be brought down to Sheol into the deepest regions of the pit. Those who see you will stare at you. They'll look closely at you saying, Is this the man who caused the earth to tremble, who shook the kingdoms, who took the world and turned it into a wilderness, who destroyed its cities and would not release the prisoners to return home? 
All the kings of the nations lie in splendor, in each in his own tomb. But you, you are thrown out without a grave, like a worthless branch, covered by those slain with the sword and dumped into a rocky pit like a trampled corpse. You will not join them in burial, because you destroyed your land and slaughtered your own people. The offspring of evildoers will never be mentioned again. Prepare a place of slaughter for his sons because of the iniquity of their ancestors. They will never rise up to possess a land or fill the surface of the earth with cities. I will rise up against them. This is the declaration of the Lord of Armies. And I will cut off from Babylon her reputation, remnant, offspring, and posterity. This is the Lord's declaration. I will make her a swampland and a region for herons, and I will sweep her away with the broom of destruction. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. Next little section, Assyria will be destroyed. The Lord of armies has sworn, as I have purposed, so it will be, as I have planned it, so it will happen. I will break Assyria in my land. I will tread him down on my mountain. Then his yoke will be taken from them and his burden will be removed from their shoulders. This is the plan prepared for the whole earth and this is the hand stretched out against all the nations. The Lord of armies himself has planned it. Therefore, who can stand in its way? It is his hand that is outstretched, so who can turn it back? Final little section, a pronouncement against Philistia. In the year that King Ahaz died, this pronouncement came. Don't rejoice, all you in Philistia, because the rod of the one who struck you is broken. For a viper will come from the root of a snake, and from its egg comes a flying serpent. Then the firstborn of the poor will be well fed, and the impoverished will lie down in safety but I will kill your root with hunger and your remnant will be slain. Wail, you gates, cry out, city, tremble with fear, all Philistia, for a cloud of dust is coming from the north and there is no one missing from the invaders' ranks. What answer will be given to the messengers from that nation? The Lord has founded Zion and his oppressed people find refuge in her. Isaiah 13 and 14. My friends, there is more to the fall of Babylon than the deposing of a proud king or the destroying of a great city, as we just read. Behind the veil, uh, this evil Babylonian system was Lucifer, the day star, an enemy of God. And as God taunts the king of Babylon, he's also speaking to Satan who motivated and energized him. So, how about we make our response like a choir? I knew that's what you were thinking. Uh, this is the setting for Psalm 118. An individual sings his thanks to God, and a congregation responds with praise. Hopefully we will see that kind of like back and forth. Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let Israel say, his faithful love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his faithful love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, 
His faithful love endures forever. I called to the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and put me in a spacious place. The Lord is for me. I will not be afraid. What can a mere mortal do to me? The Lord is my helper. Therefore, I will look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humanity. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in nobles. All the nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I destroyed them. They surrounded me, yes, they surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I destroyed them. They surrounded me like bees. They were extinguished like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I had destroyed them. They pushed me hard to make me fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. There are shouts of joy and victory in the tents of the righteous, singing, The Lord's right hand performs valiantly. The Lord's right hand is raised. The Lord's right hand performs valiantly. I will not die. I will live and proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord disciplined me severely, but did not give me over to death. Open the gates of righteousness for me. I will enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the Lord's gate. The righteous will enter through it. I will give thanks to you because you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This came from the Lord. It is wondrous in our sight. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, save us. Lord, please grant us success. He who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God and has given us light. Bind the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will give you thanks. You are my God, I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Lord God, what a journey in your word this has been this morning. Lord, I pray that whoever's listening right here and right now will just sense the hope that comes from you, that comes only from you. Lord, that you want good things, that you created us for flourishing, and that it is our rejection of your design for us that led to the mess in the world out there and in our hearts. So, Lord, would you once again bless us? Bless us with remembering not only how you blessed us in the original design, Lord, but blessed us by sending your Son to pay a price that we can't pay, to give us life, not death, to give us a lasting glory, not a fading glory, to give us liberty, not bondage. And we thank you for that, Lord. And my friends, 
I love you. Amen? Amen.